amazing church. And I know you know it, but sometimes we get familiar with what we're a part of and, you know, we get used to the family we're in. But from the moment I walked into this building, and I wasn't, I'm not surprised about this because it follows the leaders that you have. There is just such a great sense of family and excellence and the Spirit of God here. And I just want to honour your leaders, Rob and Pauline. We just think you guys are the best. And the, getting to talk to some of your church they're just beautiful people, and it is a sense of family and joy and excellence and hunger and all this this beautiful combination that, if I can, you've got something special and rare here, and I think it's not the fullness of what God has. It really is, even though we've been on this journey for a while and in a place of health as a church for a long time, I believe what you were just prophesying into, what's going to happen on these is it Awaken Nights and these Encounter Holy Spirit Nights and what God's going to do over this winter season, I just think is going to take us to a deeper place for an explosion that God's going to do in this next season. And uh, I had a word for, um, for you for today, and I, a word that just was fresh in my spirit, and I just preached it to our church, so I thought, oh, I want to come preach it here. It's one of the something I just preached, and I enjoyed preaching. But on the plane, the Holy Spirit started saying, well, do you want to ask me what I want to say to the church? I'm like, oh, you'll hear it on Sunday. But, uh, then, he, but then I felt, you know, saying, no, I want you to preach this message. And, and then all the, yesterday we're driving around, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, no, I've, I want you to preach what I'm going to preach today. So I've changed it. I've sent them on new notes. And I feel like God's got a prophetic word for you because I do think what you were saying, there's new ground that we've got to dig so that God can take us into a new place. And that's what's going to happen on these encounter nights. Dave Hall, he's my best friend. We started school the first day together. We live on the same street in Adelaide, five houses away from each other. And um, so literally in five days, you get two guys that live five houses away from each other. I mean, get some originality of who you bring into the church, mate. But but pretty cool that God's just going to do something from Mobbery Heights right here, we believe, in these next little days. So I just think God's got a word for us corporately as a church and you personally. So you ready for this? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, anoint this. Help us. Speak to us in your mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Um, I reckon sometimes we go through tough seasons, and last year was one of those. And I don't know how the start of this year has been for you personally, but sometimes I think our, our, our times are a little bit like the story I had when I first went to go get my license. I had, at 14, I started the countdown to when I was 16 and was going to get my driver's license. And, and every guy knows that's a huge moment, like when you finally get your freedom and, and get your driver's license. But my dad is a police officer. My mum is Chilean, and between them is a combination of fear. And they decided that I wasn't going to get my license at 16. I was to get my license at 18 which I thought at 16, these were the cruelest parents in the world. And so there was a lot of arguments, a lot of fights, a lot of back and forth, but I had no choice to but to submit. And um, so 18 comes around and I've literally been doing the countdown for two years for the day that I get my license. So I've been practicing the tests. I'm ready to go. I've been playing on my Nintendo 64 back then. You know, I'm nearly 40. So we're talking like a bit a while ago, getting my license. I had a mixtape ready to go with DC talking and Eiffel 65 blue ready to play and put in my tape deck of the car and I turn 18 and I go for my test and I get my license and I pass straight away. I've been practicing 
practicing for four years. I'm ready for this thing. I had to spend six months learning to drive my car. It's not my car. It's my dad's car. He's got a big yellow Ford station wagon. It's called the Big Banana. I was practicing driving around the streets of Mobry in the Big Banana. And I turn 18 and a half and I go for my peas and I pass straight away and I'm ready to experience freedom. So I go to my dad and say, Dad, it's time to pass me the keys. It's time to let your son go for a drive. It's time to let me fly. Let me soar. I'm a peacock. Let me, let me just run and fly. And dad said, no, I want you to wait a little bit longer. I said, dad, Glenn, Glenjamin, it's time to give me the keys. Let me go for a drive. He said, all right, one lap around the block. I said, that'll do. That's all I need. One lap on my own. DC talk, me and Jesus driving the big banana. So we get out the front, my brothers come, my mum comes, my mum's praying in tongues over me, over the car. My brothers are like, take the car sideways, sideways. My dad's like, if you crash the car, I'm like, it's cool. They release the doves, we were poor, they release seagulls. And, and I get in, I reverse the car and I go for one lap around the block. I'm driving fine, I'm enjoying it, I'm listening to my tunes, the window's down, I think I'm cool, I'm finally going to get a girlfriend. And I'm driving around the streets, then a mobbery, still live in the same area, and I get to this last intersection, right where a church, where the Heights is, and, and where LifePoint now is, and, and I'm about to turn right for um, one road to the next, and I get a green light to turn right, so I move into the intersection, because I have a green light to turn right, and it's there on my first lap around the block. I look to the right as I sense something coming through the traffic lights, and coming through the traffic lights is a vehicle, and as I look to my right, this vehicle isn't stopping, this vehicle's unaware, and I say a vehicle, because it wasn't just a car, it wasn't just a scooter, there is a truck going through a red light and driving this truck is the oldest man you have ever seen. Literally, Methuselah is alive driving the streets of Adelaide today. And he, this guy in a truck goes through a red light and takes out the front of my car. First lap. I have a squashed banana. And I ring my dad and I reverse into the intersection and I go to check if the guy's okay. Of course he's okay. He will live forever. And, uh, and I, re I reverse back and ring my dad and said, Dad, you're a good dad. You're a wise dad, Glenn. And he goes, why are you ringing me, Josh? What's wrong? I said, Dad, nothing's wrong. Can't a son just ring his dad to say he loves him? And he's like, no, not today. What's wrong? Has there, have you been in a car accident? I said, no, Dad. It wasn't a car. It was a truck. I, I drive home, and, and it, was, it was drivable, just, uh, but I, I thought I wasn't going to be drivable when I got home. And, and my brothers are out the front. They're like, you took it sideways. My mum's still praying in tongues. And I see my dad. I do the walk of shame, and I go to hand him the keys and say, Dad, I guess I'm not driving anymore. And he handed the keys back and said, get in the car. We're going to drive to a mate's house. I'm going to get the car fixed. He made me get back in the car and drive again. This is just a simple message for you today. 
that if you've walked through a tough season, if you've experienced loss, if you've experienced difficulty, and I mean this for you individually and for us as a church, that God's saying it's time to dig again because there's a season of favour that's coming upon this church. And it's even though we go through tough seasons, crashes and accidents, things that happen, things that we never saw coming around the corner, God is saying there is a reservoir of living water just under the ground and He wants you to go and dig again. So today I want to go to the book of Genesis and go to a story that I feel God wants you to hear today for your life and our church because God's got favour. Everyone say favour. Favour in Jesus' name. It says in Genesis 26 verse 1, it says, Now there was a famine in the land. It sets the, setting, it sets the scene for what is about to happen. This is not a, scene, a season of harvest. This is not a season of abundance. This is a season of famine. Now God's here talking to Isaac. He says to Isaac, Stay in the land for a while and I'll be with you and I will bless you. When everyone else wants to run, when everyone else wants to hide, when everyone else wants to leave the season of difficulty, he says, stay here. I want to bless you. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I'll give all these lands through your offspring. All nations on earth will be blessed. Abraham, one of his fathers, given given a promise, the same promise. And that same promise that was given to Abraham was given to Isaac. I just feel God say, just as I was reading that, there's been prophecies and declarations over this church that haven't come to fulfillment yet. But what was promised in the generations gone by will still be outworked through this generation because God hasn't changed his mind. He said, don't run, don't leave, don't quit, don't hide. Even though it seems like there's sometimes difficult season in your life, there's a breakthrough coming. Amen. So it says this, Isaac planted, he stayed there in the season of famine, he planted crops in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold. How much? A hundredfold. In the season of famine, he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and the wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Isaac had unusual favour. Everyone say favour. Favour in a season of famine because your favour is not dependent on the season. Your favour is dependent on God. Now, people throw around the word favour a lot. Got a window seat on the way here. Hashtag favour. Got a car park right at the front of Coles. Favour ain't fair. Made a good pavlova. Favour. Got a promotion. Favour. Two green traffic lights in a row. Favour, favour, favour. The truth is, favour has nothing to do with how your earthly blessing is going or how life is going at the moment. What is favour? Let me explain this one. Favour is the result of an exchange that Jesus had with the Father for you. Now, so many of us understand that Jesus took my sin on the cross, amen, and we're comfortable and aware of that exchange because we are aware that we are a sinner. So we are grateful and thankful that the exchange at the cross happened where Jesus took my sin. That now when Jesus sees, when the Father sees me, He sees Jesus and therefore I am cleansed. But at the same time, there is a second exchange that happens is that when Jesus takes my sin, I take Jesus's favour. That when the Father sees Jesus, Jesus, His only Son, we would all agree that Jesus was the Father's favourite. And therefore, when the cross happens and Jesus rises again, He not only takes my sin, but I receive Christ's favour. That when Father looked at Jesus, before Jesus did anything for the Father, He said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. That before He goes to the cross at the Mount of Transfiguration, He says, 
this is my son. He's saying, this is my favourite. This is my favourite. This is my blessed. Listen to him. He said that this son, before he did anything for me and after he did everything for me, is my favourite. So now when Jesus looks at you, when the Father looks at you, it's not what you've done right. It's not what you've done wrong. He sees you. He sees Jesus. And therefore you are non-stop pleasing to God. No matter how wrong you've got it or how right you've got it, we are all equally so pleasing to God. And you need to know this, you don't lose your favour. You have God's favour over your life in the good season and the bad seasons. That your favour is not dependent on you, your favour is dependent on Jesus. And that you are still favoured. And it may have been a difficult season, maybe for you personally lately, maybe going through some tough times, waiting for your breakthrough. But Psalm 30 verse 5, we often quote the second half, but we don't quote the first half. It says this, we'll put it on the screen. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, His favour is for life. Come on, say it with me. His favour is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. His favour is for life. So Isaac sows seed in a season of famine and he reaps a hundredfold. But it goes on because the story of Isaac here is the story of all of us. We just think, well, isn't he blessed? That's not my experience. Well, let's look at the full story. Are you doing okay? It says in verse 14 to 15, He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with... Dirt. Isaac in a famine season has a source of water, of life, of resource, what allows him to have his crops and feed his and water and give water to his flocks and, and to allow his family to live. He has a, a well. And the enemy becomes jealous of him and throws dirt into his well. Do you notice this? The devil can't stop your favor, so he'll try and stop your flow. Because he can't take your favour away from you because your favour was never dependent on you, your favour was dependent on Jesus, what the enemy does try to do is he tries to stop your flow. Your flow in worship, your flow in prayer, your flow of, uh, uh, in the Word, your flow of relationship with Jesus. Because if he can't take your favour from God, he'll try fracture your relationship with God. See, today you may feel dry, but that doesn't mean you're out. Because you feel dry doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's the trick the enemy's always done. You just have to go and dig another well. A few years ago at Christmas, and my wife and I, Shana, by the way, I'm, I didn't show a photo of my family. I forgot to send one. I was just excited to see you. I'm married, best girl in the world. You know, we've got two boys, Jackson and Jordan. A few years ago, uh, it was Christmas, and we went and did all of our Christmas shopping in one day, and we're just like, Oh, look at us, it's done, it's over, Christmas shopping's done. And we came home and, um, and went about normal life and, and every, every night, uh, every week on a Monday night, um, my day's off Monday, so we shopped on Monday and Monday night we, I take the bins out. It's part of one of the things I do in the home and I take the bins out and, and often my wife on the back of the front door puts the rubbish. So she knows I'm about to take the rubbish out, so she put it on the back of the front door and I'll get the rubbish bags and I'll put it in the bin and then take the bins out. So I do this that Monday night, and, uh, and I take the rubbish out, I put it in the bin, the bins get collected, and the next day, Tuesday night, Chance goes, oh, I'm going to wrap those presents from yesterday. Have you seen them? And I said, what did you do with them? And she says, I put them on the back of the front door. I said, the back of the front door where the rubbish goes? And she goes, what did you do? Now, I'll ask you a question. Because she's not here. <laughs> 
the Christmas shopping, the entirety of our Christmas shopping that I chucked in the bin and was gone to Christmas heaven. Whose fault was it? Was it hers or was it mine? I won't tell you, I'm pretty convinced it was her fault. But I'll tell you, that next Saturday, whose responsibility it was to go and do all of the Christmas shopping again? This guy. She didn't come. She said, it's your fault you're doing all the shopping. Very bitter woman. But the reality is that next day, Saturday, I had to go out and do all of the shopping again. Isaac has a well that is a source of life and the enemy comes and throws dirt in his well and he becomes dry. But does he complain about it? Does he stay stuck there? Does he quit on the promises of God? Does he leave? Does he run? Does he quit? You know, do you know what Isaac does? Isaac goes and he digs another well. It says in Genesis 26, 19, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and they discovered a fresh well of water there. You see what the enemy does is he tries to take the church and his people off track. But Isaac knew that the source of water was not the well, it was the reservoir under the ground. You see, some of us have fallen in love with wells. We've fallen in love with people, we've fallen in love with preachers, we've fallen in love with jobs, we've fallen in love with homes, we've fallen in love with favour, we've fallen in love with what we think is the source for our life. But Isaac knew if the enemy put dirt in his flow in one well, that the well wasn't the source, the well was connected to a greater reservoir that was under the ground. I'll tell you, there is a reservoir of the Holy Spirit. There is a flow of living water. There is breakthrough power that is available for your life and this church that is not attached to a person. It is not attached to a meeting. It is not attached to a job. It is not attached to a relationship. It is attached to the Holy Spirit who points to Jesus, who gives us favour found in the eyes of the Father. You just have to go and dig another well. I want to tell you, when that happens on Thursday night is that when you come out, what you're doing is even you, though you may not feel like coming out, even though you may not feel like it's a church night on a Thursday night, even though you may be wanting to watch MasterChef on a Thursday night, I want to tell you, if you come out here and you dig another well, you'll find a reservoir of living water that will become the source for your next season, for this church and this family. God's not finished with you yet because you feel dry doesn't mean you're out. Dig another well. See, there was no reserv- there was no limitation on flow. The waters just got a little bit muddy. There was no water restriction. It was just another dig away. Have you been disappointed? Have you been hurt? Have you been frustrated? Have you been limited? Has there been complaining? Has there been complacency? I think that God is intentionally just making room for the fresh flow of the Spirit that He wants to pour out in your life. Sometimes He just wants us to dig a little. Sometimes we want to just live in that favour without digging for that favour. So he moves on. And after he finds this well, he digs a fresh well. It goes on in verse 26, verse 20. It says, But then the shepherds from Gerara came, and they claimed the spring. This is our water, they said. And they argued with it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Esek, which means argument. So he digs a well, has favour. The enemy puts dirt in it. He moves on. He digs another well. And now an argument comes along and he and says that this is our well. So you know what Isaac does? He calls that well argument. He calls it for what it is and he moves on and he 
digs another well. You see, some of us are fighting people that no longer need us to fight them. We just need to call it for what it was. It was an argument. I'm going to move on because it's not about the well. It's about the reservoir that's under the ground. Some of us are living in past seasons and we are over-spiritualizing things rather than just saying, you know what? I know how to find fresh water. I know that I'm favoured from God. I know that there's a supply for my life. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to call it for what it is and I'm going to dig another well. I mean, sometimes we just messed up. Stop living in the past mistakes. Move on. Dig another well and find that favour again. Sometimes people just go. We've not got to stop living in the past and dig another well because there's a city to reach right here. There's influence to have right here. There's a new day right here. You just got to dig the well of the Holy Spirit and you'll find favour for the new season. You get to make a choice. You either get to blame or you get to worship but you don't get to do both. You need to call things for what it is. You need to say last year was what it was. This last season of barrenness is what it is. This time without a job just is what it is. This time of waiting just is what it is. But I'm not going to over-spiritualize it. I'm not going to stay here. I know where to find the living water. It's found from pushing in and digging in and believing that there is a reservoir of living water, of spirit favour, of Holy Ghost power that's available for your life. I mean, if there's fights at home, don't focus on the enemy. Just dig another well right there. I mean, if you lost your job, yeah, just your time to dig another well. It's not about the patch. It's about the source of favour and blessing and anointing that's there for your life. Amen? So he moves on. It says in verse 21, I've got to move on. Isaac's men then dug another well. But this time there was a dispute over it. Is anyone relating to Isaac? Problem, problem. And now there's a dispute over it. So he called that place Sitna, which means hostility. Now it's not just an argument. Now it's personal. Now it's hostility. Does anyone know what it's like to experience hostility? Workplace hostility, relational hostility. Hostility tries to change how you, who you are. But the water matters more than the well. The water matters more than my opinion. The water matters more than my way. Church, can I just... Encourage you, the Bible talks so much about being unified. When it says we're two or more agree, that word is where we get the word symphony from. It's people with different sounds that choose to come into harmony with one another where God's benefits and his presence is found. I mean, the beautiful thing about a church like this is we're all going to have different ways, thoughts, opinions, experiences, but we have to choose to come into harmony and symphony together. And then we find the source of living water that God's got for our life. I mean, sometimes we feel like we're justified in our head and we're right about things, but the reality is the water matters more than the well. There's breakthrough for your life. There's breakthrough through your church. You've just got to do what David did and encourage himself in the Lord and Daniel did and keep on praying and then keep on praying even when you feel alone and Paul and Silas what they had to do is they had to worship their way out Isaac doesn't enter into a fight he's like I've been here before peace see you later I'm gonna dig another well devil attack me I'm not focusing on you I'm gonna dig another well try make me dry I'm not out I'm gonna dig another well he moved on keys can come it, it it's time to forgive and, and dig another well. It's time to heal and dig another well. It's time to let go and dig another well. It's time to find new people, new grace, new anointing, new season, because there's a source of living water for this church in your life. If you believe it, say amen. So abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. 
I feel like this is like an episode of The Castle. Dug a hole, Dad. I reckon some of us, for our Heavenly Father, the best thing you can go home today, Thursday night, in these next season and go, you know what? Dug another hole, Dad. Dug a well. Pushing in. Don't feel like it. Tired. Arguments, hostility, dryness. I'm pushing in. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. I felt God say this to me yesterday. In this past season, He's allowed anything that caused restriction or limitation to go so that us unified as a body could step into open space without limitation, fear, restriction, people pleasing, whatever it takes, so that we could together fully run into the new season of living water that He has for this church. Sometimes God has to detach things and people and seasons from your life so that you cannot live in the version of freedom you know, but you can have open space. Because He keeps digging and digging and digging, He finds a place that says, Here's open space. Here's a day of new day, of new opportunities. Here's a new wine. Here's a new season. Maybe God just had to move you on from your comfort zone. Because Church, the breakthrough and blessing is not where you've been. It's wherever He is. Because He is our source of living water. So does it look different to how I thought or in a different way to how I planned? Maybe. That's life. For Isaac, who was favoured and for you who was favoured. But is there as you dig and you declare and you pray and you worship and you believe and you step in faith, there's living water. Amen. Let me finish with this one last part of the story. I like this part. One day, verse 26, he goes on a little bit. One day, King Abach came and he said, Why have you, this is the king that kicked him off his land. This guy's a jerk. This guy's caused him trouble. And this king comes to him and says, Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. He goes on and says, They replied, We can plainly see the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make this covenant. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we have never troubled you. One second. They cause heaps of trouble. We've always treated you. Well, are you kidding me? And we set you away from us in peace. Now look how the Lord has blessed you. Church, just the people that hurt you don't know they hurt you. The people that let you down don't. Stay stuck there. Look how the Lord has blessed you. So it goes on. Next screen. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty and they ate and drank together. You can heal and restore when you realize they were never your supply, but he was. And early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other again. And Isaac sent them home and left them in peace. Eventually, the enemy stops fighting when he realized you were never fighting him. When you refuse to fight, peace follows. Isaac doesn't have to prove his point because the enemy never controlled his destiny. He doesn't have to make a point to them because the enemy never controlled his destiny. He just knows that the source was found under the ground. And because he did this last verse, just breaking this story down, verse 32, it says this, that very day, that very day, what day? That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about her 
new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. Not only did he have his source of water, but because he found peace, God now gave him another well that his family found. This is a God of exceedingly abundantly above anything he could ask, think or imagine. He didn't stay fighting for one well, but because he kept fighting for the source of living water, he didn't just have one, he had multiplication. Can I tell you, church, find your flow. That's why Thursday night matters. That's why this next season matters. Keep pushing in, keep fighting, keep believing, keep digging, keep praying, keep believing, keep worshipping, keep saying, God, we know there's a new source. We know there's living water. We know there's breakthrough power. We know there's a new day. So God, I'm going to keep on digging for my family. I'm going to keep digging for my business. I'm going to keep digging for my church. I'm going to keep digging for my community because I know that I am favoured. I know that I am your favourite. I know that I am blessed. I know that I am a child of God. And I know there is a source of living water available for me and my house in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can we thank Him this morning? So Father, I pray right now for this church. I pray, Lord God, a season of abundant harvest. I pray, Lord God, the promises promises and prophecies of day gone by, that we will see it in our time. We pray, Lord God, that we would not just stay where we are because it's comfortable, but I pray we would move to wherever your source is that we would trust that, Lord God, You have more for us. We pray, thank You, that the best days are ahead. We thank You, it's not about our goodness or our perfection or our ability, but we thank You, it's because of Jesus that we are favoured. We thank You that Your living water, the Holy Spirit, is available exceedingly abundantly. We thank You for the new wine that flows, Lord God, in, in, in abundance. We thank You for the Holy Spirit that You're waiting to pour out. We thank You for the new souls that are waiting to come in. We thank You for the miracles and signs and wonders that You promised we would see in our days. We thank You for the authority and the influence and the anointing that we are called to take into Port Lincoln and the surrounding communities. We thank You for the new campuses You're calling us to. We thank You for the new days, the new leaders, the new influence, the new source. We thank You, Holy Spirit, that there is living water available for us in our homes, in our community, in our church. So God, we don't stay where we were, but we dig afresh for new wine, new water, new anointing and a new day. Because behold, you are doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not see it? We're making ways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. New season of favour in Jesus' name I declare. Finally, before I go, I just don't know everyone to know if you all know Jesus, except I know this. He favours you. He loves you. It's not about how good you've been or how religious you've been or how well you've turned up the church or what the last season. No, it's just that you are loved. Loved. And He has hope and He has forgiveness and He has grace. He has next steps for your life. All you have to do is receive. So right across this place, we just bow our heads. If you don't know Jesus, if you've walked away from Him, maybe you grew up religious but never in a relationship. You knew what it was to attend a church but never to be favoured by God. If you'd say, I want to enter into that kind of relationship today for the first time or I want to recommit that relationship, I count to three, would you lift your hand? I just want to pray with you right where you sit. One, two, three. Is there anyone today? Say, that's me. Yeah, come on, man. Awesome. Is there anyone else? Say, that's me. Yeah, awesome. Someone else over here. Is there anyone else? Say, that's, I need two people. Sorry, right now. Is there anyone else? Say, that's me. I need Jesus. Church, we pray this prayer together. Say, especially if you lifted your hand, say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your favour. 
Thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your peace. I receive your favour. And I receive your love. Lead me and guide me. From this moment forward, in Jesus' name. Father, for every person that prayed this prayer, never the same, never the same, never the same. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Can we thank God? People found Him today. It's a good day, a new day of favour. Thursday night's going to be awesome.